Right, howdy, and welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we're here at the festival grounds for tomorrow's event, uh, the Woodlands Barbecue Festival. We're here sitting with Mr. John Brotherton. Howdy, John. Howdy, howdy. And John is from Pflugerville, and uh, we'll start talking about his current venture, which is Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue. Um, but his story is a lot longer than that, um, hopefully uh, entertaining as well. We'll see. As long as you got the jokes coming for us, we know. Um, John, let's talk a little bit about your history, and uh, you know, we'll we'll go through these. So, in reverse chronological order, uh, Brotherton's Black Iron. Um, you were doing business out of your house. You did pop-ups prior to that. You did. Uh, you were with Curly's Texas Carolina as co-partner, and before that, you had your trailer of Hall of Flame. Before Hall of Flame, uh, what was your background in barbecue? Where did you learn barbecue? What what jumped you to get into the game so before hall of flame um pretty much just backyard barbecue i never did competitions or anything like that i grew up around barbecue uh, my biological father was a welder and he was always welding barbecue pits so um so he would cook a lot my mom would cook a lot uh, my mom worked in a uh in a barbecue restaurant uh called bricks barbecue when i was elementary junior high somewhere around that there that was in uh, in liberty, liberty. Uh, outside of liberty in uh, moss bluff um so i've always been around barbecue um but i probably right after high school man i started getting into grilling and stuff like that but i never really got into perfecting barbecue or trying to perfect my version of barbecue um probably around 2006, 2007, somewhere around there, when I really started doing a lot of barbecue. Um, 2009, I started hearing about Aaron Franklin, and, um, you know, everybody was, you know, you got you got good barbecue, you should sell this, you should sell this. And um, a buddy of mine, uh, Shannon Mikolash, um, who was my partner with Hall of Flame Barbecue, we would, um, you know, kind of compete against each other. And, you know, we decided we do got some pretty good stuff. So we decided to open up a trailer and that was in 2010 when we, when we bought a trailer. Um, but before barbecue, I was, um, my whole working career was in laser printer supplies. So remanufactured toner cartridges and ink cartridges and equipment to remanufacture them. And I got, I started that here actually in Houston, um, in 93. It was a big so. business back then. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. It was real huge back then. So um, it was a company called Advanced Cartridge Technology, and they had um, brother in France. They had that whole account. So at the time, they were the largest toner cartridge remanufacturer in the world, and we would load up containers and containers of cartridges and ship them to France for, for brother. Gets boring after a while, though. Yeah, yeah. it does. And it's actually the, the toner that's in those things is finer than cigarette smoke so you're covered in black whenever you go home yeah but you know not not a whole lot different than a hard day barbecue exactly <laughs> but you don't smell there. nearly as good i don't smell nearly <laughs> as good when i did toner cartridges so the dog doesn't greet you as well yeah so i did that on and off and had various various businesses um you know of my own selling toner cartridges and, and uh, ink and things of that nature so before you got into the trailer had you been out 
Um, had you had Franklin Barbecue? Had you had other barbecue, Lockhart or, um, or any anywhere around Houston? Not really, man. Um, we, you know, I worked off of uh, Lamar and 183 in Austin, and it was right down the street from probably the biggest, the busiest um, Rudy's actually. And we would hit Rudy's weekly, and we would hit um, another place uh, that just recently closed within the last couple of years, uh, Man's. Um, barbecue on Catherine on research. and family yep yep uh, Catherine and Jim um, yeah so I would go there I never really hit never really went to Lockhart we always drove through there um, but that never stopped didn't have any interest and, in it you know and back then the, that Rudy's location was just slamming too. yeah I, I remember back in the day that was yeah totally was really slamming and, and it still is too every time I go by there they're they're packed um, but no, I had I opened up my trailer before I ever even had Franklin Barbecue actually. So where did you originally set up shop with the trailer when you opened up? We set up shop um, like right out right between Pflugerville and Round Rock, right at the the city limits at a Uncle Bob's storage lot. And when we first started, we just had a plain white trailer, no no kind of branding or anything not much social media back then either yeah i mean we we were you know that was 2009 2010 rather um and that's kind of you know it started to pick up right around then but we didn't have a any kind of following at all you know we just said we're gonna go for it and so what, the, you know, what kind of brisket recipes were you cooking central texas similar to what you're doing now or has no it i wasn't um you know, I had a lot of brown sugar in my rub back then. Um, it's just, you know, I cooked what I liked, and, and that's what I do now. Um, if I, I, I like the, you know, I'm going to cook to my taste, and hopefully everybody likes it. But I've changed my rub since then. But back then, you know, I had a lot of brown sugar in there. Um, pretty complex, but I found that a lot of the stuff I was putting in there got lost, you know, in the smoke after, you know, 15 or so hours. So, um, and as I've eaten more barbecue and my taste buds have changed, you know, um, actually when I started going on bar barbecue tours is when I started taking more, sh more of that sugar out of my rub because I just didn't really care for it anymore. Were you doing sausage back then? What, uh, what were no, you putting in the trailer? No, I just, uh, I didn't really have time to do sausage because I, you know, I was always working a full-time job when, uh, when we were doing barbecue. So. Um, I didn't, I didn't, it never crossed my mind. I always wanted to, to get into it, but. Now you told it, me in the past you're doing a lot of sauces back then too, right? Sauces, yeah. yeah. We would mix in flavors, you know, extracts and peppers and whatever, but for the most part we had one base, you know, original sauce and then at any time on the trailer we would have, you know, 14, 15 different sauces. Wow. Yeah, if you, and, uh, when you said that a long time ago, all I can think about are these these snow cone trucks with all the different flavors of yeah. snow cones. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it was it was that way. But we would set the we would set them up outside so everybody could get their own for the most part, though. But and, and that's um, led into its own business that we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit with um, Mikey V helping out, and then you're doing your own stuff beyond that too. With yeah, um, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, what caused you to leave the the trailer and move to the next the next level? Um, so. Really, when I, when I stopped doing the trailer, um, it really wasn't moving on to the next label, the, to the next level. It was pretty much throwing in the towel and saying, "I'm done. I can't, I can't do it." Because the whole time that I was doing that trailer, 
I was working a full-time job. So, how how often were you open in the trailer? Um, daily, um, and you know, like three days a week, four. We no right. five days a week. Five days a week and plus a full-time full job and working wow. a full-time job. That's amazing. But we didn't uh, we didn't do the trailer full-time. We were in a you know a bedroom community basically. So um, so we would set up in the evenings and try to catch the people coming home for dinner. You know. Um, and plus, you know, daytime I was too busy anyway, processing orders and whatnot for toner and ink. So, um, so that was a problem. It was just, a, it was a lot of work. Um, I never got to see the family, you know, as soon as my wife was coming home from work, I was taking off. There's you very know, few people that have balanced that. And you've done that more than once throughout your yeah, career. Yeah, I have. That's amazing. And luckily when, when we were doing that, um, you know, Shannon and I, that was our company as well doing the toner and ink so so I worked from home but but it didn't matter you know um, I still had to work it wasn't like I was sitting at home watching Food Network or anything um, it was a, it was a lot of work it shows like pit masters and all the other stuff you see today just weren't on back then yeah and I mean I I'm not much of a TV watcher anyway I'm, I'm always too busy to to sit and watch TV I don't like it I feel like I'm wasting my time so in those early days, in the early menus, I know, like you said, you grew up around the Liberty area. Was there any East Texas influence in your barbecue at any time, or was it always more your style and then kind of evolved as you ate and learned more about barbecue and your taste changed? Yeah, um, so starting off, I mean, I was real big into sauce. So even like the when I did chopped brisket, we would, we would sauce it, you know, so it would be pre-sauced, it, the sauce is sweet. Um, we'd do a sweet sauce on our ribs. Um, so it was more of a, what I would call a East Texas where, where now I'm for the most part, it's central Texas, but I do, you know, a little bit more complex stuff with ribs and whatnot. But, um, brisket wise, it's, it's pretty much standard central Texas brisket now. But, you know, back then there was a lot of extra stuff in there that, that I don't, and looking back now, I don't feel was necessary didn't, didn't to be in it, there. Yeah. And, and my taste buds have changed since I've started eating well, have you cooked other the, places. You're cooking so. a, a different product now too, right? Are you cooking a higher end brisket than what you were doing yeah. before? Yeah, um, so before yeah. With, it, with Hall of Flame, I mean, we would, uh, we would go and ha I like to be able to hand select my briskets, you know? Um, so I would go to Sam's and we got select briskets from Sam's and that's what we cooked. and. I mean, we did a real good job with them. I, I mean, even though where I'm at today, it's evolved, but I'd still say that, you know, what we were doing back then was, was really good, you know. Um, a lot but, of people talk about, you know, prime select, and some people are doing Wagyu even as specials or, or as a regular menu item, but, you know, the number one barbecue joint on the list yep. is select. So, yep. you know, it, it, it does help, I think, to a certain extent, but it's not the be-all, end-all solution. If your brisket's right. bad, if, if you don't know how to cook matter. it, it doesn't matter how good the product yeah. is that you start with. So. Exactly, exactly. So now we're, you know, the, I won't use anything less than prime. You know, I like the the marbling in it. I like the marbling in the in the lean that I don't feel you get in a select brisket. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference is is in the in the lean end in the flat. And it's why it's so popular, Wagyu is so popular in competition, Yeah, is that you get a much better marbling on the lean, and that's what you turn in in competition. Exactly. Um, it can be a little overkill on the point, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, um, I can only eat about a bite of brisket anyway. 
um, even when I go places now, I'm just I'm I'm over brisket. <laughs> <laughs> brisket fatigue, I think, is what what we've heard in the past. Um, but yeah, you know, you get that prime brisket. It's fatty. It's rich, and you know, I, I just I'll I'll take a bite, and I eat a bite daily. I gotta test the taste the product. But other than that, I don't even want to touch it. I don't want to smell it. <laughs> <laughs> With um. So you went back to work after uh, the truck, after the trailer? So after the trailer, um, we were, you know, I was still doing the toner um, and ink. So we just stopped doing the trailer. And um, I think, you know, to me, it's, it was 2013. And looking back, it seems like it was probably that the week after was when that, uh, the 2013 Texas Monthly Top 50 list came out. And we were uh, planning a, a trip out of town to go up to Tyler and um, that was when you know I started eating at the top 50 places um, but I didn't go back to work then I didn't go back to the corporate world we were still like I said we still had the toner and ink and I just took you know some time away from that but we were still doing it that's that's work you know <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, the way you're thinking of it, that's still work. Yeah, it's still, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, work. you know, I'm processing orders. Yeah. You know, processing purchase orders. I'm, you know, buying the stuff, selling the stuff, doing the accounting. You know, it's not behind so, four carpeted so walls in I'm, a cubicle. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm not doing one thing. I'm doing every single aspect of a business. You know, so uh, it's very time consuming. And uh, doing, you know, doing barbecue for even five or six hours a day on top of that was is pretty brutal um so you know my partner and i we had a a mutual agreement that we were going to shut the trailer down and just focus you know back on the toner and ink business and so that's what we did i took a little vacation and started eating top 50 joints and right away started getting that bug to to cook barbecue again so it was a very short period of time between shutting down uh the trailer and then partnering up with uh with um, my partner the next partner at uh, curly's carolina texas so he had been talking to me about you know going into to do that and i really wasn't interested and like i said i started getting that itch to cook barbecue as soon as i started these uh stupid barbecue tours <laughs> <laughs> any any uh tales from the road on those tours uh, good or bad it doesn't have to be related to the barbecue itself but now you know what it was good um we just we did a lot of family time so it was really neat you know and um and we've just kind of stuck with that you know um it's usually my wife and i my my son does not eat barbecue brendan, brendan your wife and brayden your son <laughs> yeah um so brayden does not uh he does not eat barbecue and that's it's the craziest thing people <laughs> will think he's crazy but he's he's not a meat eater um so yeah he's 16 and he's never had a bite of my barbecue wow wow, wow. um so sides, does he sides he's else just a, he's a picky eater man yeah. he's he's a picky eater so no he'll for the most part when we would go to these places he would sit in the car um a lot of times we were just on the go so we would just you know we would stop at him and get stuff to go and and hit the road you know to get where we're gonna get or whatever and um that was the first time around and early on in that tour and we were pretty much just stopping and trying the food and it never struck me to, you know, to do what you guys do, to meet, to meet the people that cook the barbecue. You know, that's what, that's the coolest part about 
about barbecue. You know, one of it's, my uh, one of my first pit tours was at Blacks in Lockhart, and they saw me kind of you know eyeing behind there, just looking in, in wonderment. And when they they said, "Do you want a pit tour?" and I was just so starstruck at the time. And and, and Barrett and Kent weren't working; it wasn't like there was anybody there that I'd heard of. But I just it was so amazing to me to be invited back into their business right. and, and see how they cook. And they, they took a lot of time to show me how they cooked and what they cooked. And yeah, those first couple of times, like, it's like peeking behind the curtain and, you know, in Oz. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. this is how it's made. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you know you, you kind of get numb to it after a while. And I think you kind of take it for granted once you see it a bunch. But, yeah, those first couple of times are... It's it's neat to see the process, how you know how it all comes to be, and especially now in the age where pitmasters are becoming rock stars, if you kind of see how it's all made, right? Like, you know, these guys are just working their asses off. Yeah, this is just dirty, filthy, sweaty, <laughs> hot, tiring work. You know, those pit rooms are brutal. Some places, it is, just, it is, just so amazing. My we pit's did style on a... switch last weekend, and it was it was over easily way over 100 degrees yeah. back there yeah, these is, guys are back there all there. night and all yep. day and those pits run around the clock around the clock I mean, every day an operation yeah. out there um was there anything on that 2013 tour like you said that kind of gave you the bug again was it like a specific visit or a couple of visits that you had or, or just the culmination of like the whole it was a culmination um you know a couple of things um i had some really good barbecue and um any really good barbecue that stood out on that trip yeah i mean the very first one um and this was back we all know how good miller's up in belton is uh now they were really good back in 2013 when when we stopped in there and we were just blown away by the sausage that they were making you know the everything there was great the the desserts were great um and it's you know, we had that with Hall of Flame, and I know we did. We were doing, you know, creative sides and not just stuff right out of the can. We were doing that when we opened in 2010, you know. Um, we were just in a spot, and it didn't it didn't catch, you know. We, <clears throat> we put everything that we had into it, and we just never really got any traction with it. Um, so what's, what's kind of become one of your signatures is the wasabi coleslaw. Were you doing that at Hall of Flame? Yeah. Later. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, that was one of the very first sides that I did, and it, surprisingly, I just I hate coleslaw, and uh, I wanted to do something, you know, try some different recipes and find something that I liked, you know. Um, so we did the wasabi, we did a chipotle one, and we did a sriracha one, and uh, you know, kind of just I took I sent some to work with my wife. And, you know, friend, had friends try it, and wasabi was overwhelmingly the, the favorite. So that's what we stuck with. I didn't want to have three different coleslaw, so we stuck with that one, you know. And you got the, and, the ramen noodles in it? Is that, yeah. Did you, did you do that on all three, or was I, that only yeah, that one? I, yeah, I did it in all three of them. Um, that, you know, just give it a little extra texture, <clears throat> but it made more sense in the, um, in the wasabi one, you know. It's ramen noodles and <laughs> Asian you know flavors it's a in good there crunch, so. yeah 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 and uh, i also put uh toasted sesame seeds in there it's a nice look to it uh but it's also a nice you know it's a nice texture and a nice taste just something something different and something that you don't expect in a in a coleslaw it's funny because that's that stuff is so common now people trying to do out of the box things but you didn't see that back in you know pre-2013 or you know when right. you guys first started hall of flame 
it was mostly meat market style barbecue with you know potato salad maybe beans Lambert, and coleslaw. I don't know what they were serving uh, early right, on. Right, and there were a couple of there, places yeah. here and there, but the overall majority was you know your pretty standard barbecue sides that have been around forever. Right. So, so it's you know, it's kind of cool that you were doing that all the way back then. Yeah, I mean even our you know the beans that we were doing, the potato salad we were doing, that's what what we wanted to focus on to to separate us from the rest was to really do some some good banging sides, you know. Um, but I mean, we were doing some creative stuff back then. We were putting Gouda cheese on barbecue sandwiches, and and we were frying bacon and frying eggs on our, you know, on our trailer there, and putting those on the sandwiches. We were making, we were smoking meatloaf and doing meatloaf sandwiches and stuff like that back in you know 2010. And to, so now it's you know it's like some of that stuff's coming back around, and I'm looking at it, and I don't say anything. I've done it before, and you know. I'm not gonna say I invented it or anything like that. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't invent meat getting on the the fire I, I either. Did, right? I did not. No, it's I been think around like, for quite yeah, some time. Caveman or something. Yeah, who was the first pitmaster like that, that invented fire? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Who tamed but, fire? I think. But we were, word, yeah. you know, we were doing creative things back then, and you know, and we're still, you know, I'm still doing it now. Everybody's, you know, that's you have to now. And and barbecue, you have to do creative things. You have to separate yourself and, you know, you have to have a niche. Otherwise, you just get kind of, I mean, there's some that can do it, you know. Um, Franklin, you, you know, and La Barbecue and, you know, there's several of those guys that, you know, that are doing just, you know, straight up barbecue. I see them, you know, they're branching out some, but for the most part, like, you know, we're not going to be, I'm not going to be La Barbecue. I'm not going to be Franklin. I'm not going to be those big guys, so I've got to do something to to separate myself from them you know what i mean right we're seeing a lot more of that in barbecue joints that open now like you said it's 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 become they're trying to find their corner of the market right. rather than just attack the straight up middle because you can right. get good brisket good ribs at a lot of places now yep. so so you've got to find something that that someone's going to go to your specific place because they can't get that bite or that sandwich anywhere else right and that's you know i get a lot of guys that are in the barbecue business coming through my through my restaurant now and you know, I encourage them to, they want to do, they want ribs and they want brisket, but I'm like, you got to try this. You got to try this sandwich, you know, try some of these things that you're not going to get at, at other places, you right. know, because that's, I mean, that's our, that's our signature, you know. Well, so, to go back to that top 50 list, you know, one of, they did a great job this year when they put out the list to identify what was special at that particular place. And some places, you know, Vera's, you go for the barbacoa. Um, you go for the carnitas. You know, there's other places that, that have other options, and of course, sides and desserts. You know, all great things, and and that's what's nice is that you can get you can get brisket everywhere if you want, and you can get the additional stuff. You know, you mentioned um, uh, you know doing some different stuff, and that kind of leads to um, the next business that that I remember you from, which is Curly's. Um, you joined um, with Jay Yates there, and he brought kind of the Carolina side. You brought the Texas side. Right. And that was a, especially back then. I mean, pulled pork was was very rare to get in Texas barbecue. Um, you know, I would say almost setting the trend back then uh, because it was it was very rare. You didn't see it on any menus hardly anywhere back then. Yeah, a few, but it just wasn't popular. Yeah, it was. There was a couple people doing it. Evan Leroy was doing it over at Friedman's and and doing it really well. Um, but as far as in Austin, you know, there wasn't a lot. I think La Barbecue was already doing pulled pork. There were there were a couple, um, but you know. We were doing the vinegar sauce and the slaw, you know, um, kind of like 
kind of like what you would get in, in Carolina. Um, the only thing new was that we were cooking it Texas style. We were smoking it on a on a pit, you know, and in the end, I think that was kind of the downfall for, well, not the downfall, but um, it didn't look good for us to have Carolina in the name of our restaurant, uh, but not do it 100% Carolina style, you know, burning, oh, you know, cooking if it you over If you people that were looking for that aspect right, and right. you so, were serving you know, something a little different. I mean, we probably should have marketed that a little bit different, um, but, it, you know, it was Carolina style and the fact that we were putting a vinegar sauce in it, you know, that was, that was pretty much the only Carolina aspect of it. Uh, you had a, a visit from Daniel Vaughn back then? did yeah and that was one of the things that he hit on um that you know that we weren't doing it carolina style and he was right <laughs> you know um that got under my partner's skin at the time very much but uh, but daniel was right you know um we should have if we're gonna put carolina in the name we should have done it that way and i think that had a lot to do with our rating um and i was kind of perturbed about that you know with him because we were doing we were doing great brisket. We were doing great ribs. Even in his write-up, you know, he mentioned those things. And um, and I ate a lot of top 50 lists uh, off that list in 2013. Um, by, by the time I opened Curly's, I had eaten at almost all of them. And I knew that we had at least a, a four-rating barbecue, you know. But I think that, that having Carolina in the name and not doing it the Carolina way. I think that had a, you know, I think that had a big effect on what our rating was. And it wasn't terrible. It was a 3.75. But if you looked at the other places that they went to, they had good brisket and they had good ribs. And it seemed like, you know, if you had two out of the three Trinity that, you know, you were pretty much a solid four, Right. you know, and I knew, like I said, I'd went to all of them. I knew our, I knew our barbecue was better than a 3.75, but you know, in the end, I think having Carolina in the name and not doing it that way was a good, you know, a big factor in that rating. So, so one of the one of the other unique things that you were doing at Curly's is you guys started doing veal ribs at a Curly's. That was actually um, after I left there. Um, Jay started cooking the the veal ribs, and I still I've seen a couple people do it here and there, but I don't know if that I don't think it really ever took. I can't imagine there's much fat on a veal rib. But. Yeah, yeah, and we weren't uh, we weren't exactly talking, so I never went, but I never went there during that during that time frame when sure. when he was doing those. So I never had them. And so that uh, you you left that business mm -hmm. and you went to you went back to work and school. I did, yeah. Work. So um, so I went back to work um, in the corporate world, but the, you know like. Right when I left Curly's, I still, you know, I was still doing toner, and um, it was up until 20, 2015 that I was still doing toner, and then I went back to the corporate world. Um, I just decided to, you know, I needed a, a change because I'd been doing toner and ink from 1993 to to 2015, and I was ready to do something else. Um, I didn't have capital, and that's really what I needed to do barbecue. Um, I wanted to do barbecue full-time. I wanted to focus every bit of attention on that. That's all I wanted to do and nothing else, but I couldn't. So, um, so I decided to go back to the corporate world and finish up school, you know, to get my degree. And, uh, 
So I went back to, to the corporate world and started collecting student loans. And that was tough. That was... When you I was were on a, the other end, collect, collecting yeah, the debt from student loans. Yes, yeah. exactly. So um, that's, you know, you can't repossess an education. You can repossess somebody's car. So, you know, you're limited on, uh, on the tools that you can use to, to get, basically to get blood from a turnip, you know. Um, it was tough. Well, it's not a very happy position to be in either. It, it wasn't. People, um, sure. every, every aspect of what you did daily was micromanaged, and I don't work well in that atmosphere at all. Um, I've always been a rebel and wanted to do what I wanted to do, and that's, I knew as a kid, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't built to work for somebody. I was built to, to be the boss and be the decision maker. And so, I knew early, early does on. Does Brenda in life know that? that. That's yeah, question. she does. <laughs> <laughs> we compromise sometimes. <laughs> for the most part, I get my way. So, so how long was it after you went back to school that you got the itch again and you, and you started doing briskets and started cooking again? Yeah, that, um, like I said, the itch to cook barbecue really, it really never left me. Um, but pretty much as soon as I started back there, um, you know, I was still, I was always doing barbecue on the side. I would do it on the weekends. Um, you know, there was a, a group on Facebook and, um, there's still the biggest the biggest support group that I have right now. Um, it's a local Pflugerville group called Pflugerville Foodies, and of course the P and F is on Pflugerville and Foodies. Um, I, I did a brisket for someone in that group, and you know they posted on that group, and next thing you know someone else is ordering one, and you know before you know it, I've got everybody in Pflugerville coming to my house to pick up. To pick up briskets on the weekend, so um, so it, I went from doing the five days a week and maybe a couple briskets on a Saturday or something to working five days a week, and then as soon as I got off on Friday, firing up the pit and cooking all the way up until until Sunday night. And, and you're then cooking it, on um, is that a 500 gallon? Yeah, uh, actually again? a 250, 250 gallon. gallon pit. Yeah, um, and I would you know I could put basically 10 briskets on there I could stuff 12 on and shrink them shrink them down and move them around to you know to where they to where they had cooked but um, you know it's turned into one night and then you know the next thing you know I'm doing two nights and the next thing you know I'm having to call in sick to work to <laughs> to go get supplies and you know or they you know, find time to rest um, I don't know we went Andrew and I had stopped by one time when you were doing that Yep. And, and, you know, while we were sampling the brisket, the, the, the doorbell just kept ringing and people come, kept coming up to the door for brisket. It was pretty amazing. Really good business, it seemed like. Right. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know John was quite legal. So I think even when we <laughs> yeah. posted it, we were like, we're at a top secret well, brisket place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't actually um, cook briskets and, you know, from your house and sell them to the public. So um, well, if anybody sales, asked, so I was taking go. donations. So. Exactly. <laughs> and were you doing only briskets? Or were you... I would do sausage. Or that I mean, I would do stuff. I started making sausage, um, and you know, once I put that out there, you know, it was because I remember having sausage, sausage the back then too. Yeah. So yeah. when you guys came, I think I had a few different ones that I had been messing around with, um, but for the most part, you know, briskets kind of ruled my life, my my weekends for sure. Now they now they pretty much rule my life. Um, 
but I didn't do much of anything else. So like, you know, with Texas barbecue, it's brisket, 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 brisket. You know, I would do some, some whole racks of ribs here and there. And, um, you know, I've done some turkey breasts and then the turkey breast started catching on. So, you know, before you know it, I just didn't have time to do anything else. And, um, you know, I'd call into work and, you know, you, they're, they're pretty strict. So I would, <laughs> you know, I got a verbal warning and, it's like you ha- you can't miss any time or come in late for 30 days or you're going to get a written warning. So the rebel in me did exactly that <laughs> for 30 days. And the next day I called in sick. <laughs> so I couldn't get written up. So we started the, you know, started it over again. But that was when I was on my way out anyway. And everybody knew it. I mean, it was obvious. It was, everything was really gaining popularity. You know, I'd bring stuff to work and and uh you know then i had people from work ordering it you know so uh, did you start supplying any of the food trucks at that point i did um when i was collecting student loans i started supplying uh hey you gonna eat or what which is a real popular um food truck in austin that unfortunately is not operating business now um they were very popular um well known for they were doing a monte Monte cristo Cristo was phenomenal you know if you if you did a google search Monte Cristo and Austin, they were the first one to come up. Um, so they were doing some creative sandwiches. Um, he was he was doing his version of a Reuben, um, which was not with p- corned beef or pastrami. He was just using straight up brisket, which um, initially he was using Saddler's from Sam's. And um, so we, we cut a deal to start supplying him with brisket. And that, even, with, even with the brisket from Sam's, that, that sandwich was phenomenal. But once, once we put my brisket on there, it was like, wow, this, you got, you got a winner, you know? So, so we did that. Um, I started supplying in November of 2016, I started supplying a pizza joint in uh, Round Rock called Fire and Ice Pizza Bar. And they did um, a special and it was so popular that they ended up keeping it on, keeping it on the menu. And I still, today uh supply them with with briskets for their pizza um i supplied a local smokehouse gano smokehouse at uh at hanover's which is a bar in pflugerville and that was kind of my outlet for for people that wanted to to get brisket from me but they were a two-person family or whatever they didn't want to buy a whole brisket and that's all i would sell out of my house uh so i supplied um i supplied brian gano with uh I supplied Brian Gano with uh, with briskets, and he would he was my outlet for by the pound and stuff like that. Um, and again, at this point, this was all just word of mouth, the was, Facebook yeah. group, not a whole lot of social all media presence. It's just I did have social media presence. I've I've had a pretty well, that solid Pflugerville Foodies group was right. huge fans. Yeah, they they were, um, and at the time, I think the group was three or four thousand, and it's it's over six thousand people in that group now, and they. Um, for the most part, man, they've really, they really support me and they support uh, the current business that I'm in now. And, you know, the partner that I have now, his business before we merged, um, you know, they were strong supporters of him as well. And that group has really, really, really been good for us in, in Pflugerville, you know, it's what has gave, it gave us the base to do what we're doing now. And now we're getting, we're starting to get the rest of the, you know, the Pflugerville crowd that, that's not in that group and 
you know, words traveling to Austin and we're getting people from Austin coming up, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of starting to go viral now, but it was kind of more of a organic growth, you know, with that, with that foodies group. So it was nice and, and nothing but, but good to say for everybody in there, man, they, they, have, they are the reason that I'm not collecting student loans right now. And, and how did that happen? When did you finally decide that you had to make that jump? Yeah, so that would have been um, April of 2016. I think it was the 15th. It was tax day, I believe. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it was coming. It, it was coming for a long time. And um, in that business, you can make really good money when you hit your numbers. When you collect a certain amount of dollars, you know, you make good money. But if you don't hit those, those numbers and you don't make your... Uh, you don't make your goals, you don't make money. You make a small amount of money. It was like 12 something an hour, 12.50. And at that point, I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this for 12.50 an hour. I can go make a whole lot more than that, selling barbecue out of my 13, house. So. Maybe 13.50 an hour? Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's 13.75 or something, but, um, you know, and I'd, I'd been talking to my wife. She's, she's a teacher, so, you know the health insurance you know was there if you know if i want if i was going to do this and we made a she made enough to cover our you know our our nut you know that the base bills um so anything that i made on top of that you know was gravy um and we had a strong enough base there i was busy you know um that i just said i'm doing it all right we're going to stop there for this week. Join us next week for the conclusion of the interview with John Brotherton as he joins forces with Kelly Gary and launches Brotherton's Black Iron Barbecue. In addition to visiting Black Iron Barbecue in Pflugerville, you can also catch John as he competes in the Houston versus Austin Throwdown at St. Arnold's Brewery in Houston on December 3rd, 2017. John will join other barbecue pitmasters in a tasty competition hosted by the HOU Barbecue Folk. For more information, check out their Twitter account at HOUBBQ. Thank you for listening in to Tales from the Pits. If you have a moment, please rate us on iTunes or whichever service you use for your podcasts. It really does help. You can also reach me on Twitter at BBQBrian, Andrew at HoustonFed, and John Brotherton at PFTXBBQ. That's P like Paul, F like Frank, TXBBQ. Catch you out there on the barbecue trail. Talk to you next week.